Good afternoon and welcome to this week's edition of Sherborne Voices podcast with me, Sue Hill. This is episode 16 of season two for Wednesday, the 14th of September, 2022. It seems amazing that it's only a week since my last episode for you. It's been a pretty momentous week, whatever your feelings about the monarchy. The death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II marks a big change in society in the UK. Last week when I was recording this and when you were perhaps listening to it, little did we know that the death of Her Majesty the Queen was so close. Many of us, perhaps most of us, have never known any other monarch than Queen Elizabeth II. I was born in the last year of King George's life, but I have no memory of that. And although I was told that we had a television set to watch the coronation in 1953, I have no memory of that either. And while King Charles III is unlikely to reign as long as his mother did, for many of us in the UK, this may be a once-in-a-lifetime series of events. Given that a number of activities have been cancelled in the area due to the death of the Queen and the following period of mourning running up to the funeral on Monday the 19th, and given that we have had this past weekend the proclamations of the accession of King Charles III to the throne in Dorchester, and in Sherborne, and no doubt in other towns as well, but those perhaps are the closest to us. I thought that I would not include any what's on items, and I would focus just this week as a one-off on the reports that I have from those two proclamations. My good friend Terry Bennett went to the proclamation in Dorchester on Sunday at lunchtime and spoke afterwards to Johnny Andrews, who is one of Sherborne Town's councillors and indeed a Dorset councillor. And he also spoke to our MP for West Dorset, Chris Loder. He recorded the proclamation for us, but in fact I went down to Pageant Gardens myself on Sunday afternoon and recorded our very own local proclamation. So I'm going to play that for you. And a short interview I carried out with Steve Shield, our town clerk. But I'm I'm going to start first of all with, with Terry's report because his introduction gives us a good bit of background to the whole process. Over to you, Terry. The process, if that's the way it can be described, for affirming a new monarch is rooted in centuries of tradition and the central objects are surrounded and embellished by elaborate pageantry, redolent of a bygone age. It's not a well-practiced routine. This is only the fourth time we've seen it acted out in the past 100 years, and one of those was something of a false start. The whole thing kicked off on Saturday at the original Royal Palace of St James, where around 200 of the current 718 Privy Councillors assembled to form the Accession Council, 
a body which meets only following the death of a sovereign. The component parts of the meeting have changed little in the past 300 years, and it's full of ritual and anachronism on a scale unsurpassed even within that other palace down the road, inhabited by our elected and unelected representatives. Chief among these anachronisms is perhaps the rather obvious fact that no ratification or affirmation of an incoming monarch is actually required. As a constitutional monarchy and under the terms of the Act of Settlement of 1701, the Crown passes automatically to the monarch's heir upon their death. The duties of the Accession Council relate back to a time when this wasn't always the case and where competing claims to the Crown had to be settled once and for all. Happily, no such confusing factors exist these days, so the gathering is one of ceremony and ritual, and made all the more compelling and charming for just that reason. Having reached the wholly inevitable conclusion that the incoming heir has become our only lawful and rightful liege Lord Charles III, this news must then be communicated to the country by the most swift and efficient means. In the days before social media, the internet, television, radio or even newspapers, this had to be carried out by word of mouth. Hence, a proclamation by the Garter King of Arms from the balcony of Friars Court immediately after the Accession Council concludes. This process is then repeated in cities and towns across the nation so that all corners of the kingdom can be made aware of the change of king or queen. And so it came to pass that on a sunny Sunday lunchtime in mid-September, a small crowd began to gather outside County Hall in Dorchester in anticipation of hearing officially the news that had been receiving blanket coverage in all media outlets for the preceding two and a half days. By 1pm, the crowd had swelled to at least a couple of hundred, and at that appointed hour, the Lord Lieutenant for Dorset and the High Sheriff emerged to read the proclamation which had been agreed and signed at Saturday's Accession Council. After the National Anthem and three cheers for the incoming King, it was all over by the shouting, and there was little of that. Immediately afterwards, I managed to catch a few words with Johnny Andrews, a member of both Dorset Council and Sherborne Town Council, and Chris Loder, MP for West Dorset. I started by asking Johnny Andrews for his thoughts on the reign of Queen Elizabeth II. Oh, fantastic lady. I remember uh, meeting her at the uh, 1991 World Cup final when I was a a 32-year-old. And uh, uh, I remember her car coming through the gates of Twickenham and her royal standard getting knocked off the top of the car uh, because the gates were a bit lower than her standard. And uh, she got out of the car and came all around the crowd where we were standing. Uh, and she, uh, she said to me, uh, I know who you're supporting then. As I always stood next to this lovely Aussie chap as well. But um, yeah, so it was, um, it was really, really quite uh, emotional for me when, uh, when her, the death, her death was announced. So, yes. And she did visit Sherborne, didn't she? Not all that. Was that the Diamond Jubilee? She... No, Golden Jubilee. She did. She, it was a Golden Jubilee. She visited 2012. Um, uh, just before her, her, her actual uh, Golden Jubilee, uh, all dressed in pink. She looked glorious. Yeah, yeah, I remember, remember it so well. And what did Johnny think of the incoming king? He's had his longest apprenticeship in the world, I think, and uh, I think he'll do a really good job. Uh, by all accounts, he's a really good diplomat. Um, so um, let's hope that the future brings as much joy as the Queen has changed in the last uh, last 
70 years. Thanks, Johnny. Chris, uh, mixed emotions today. We're saying goodbye, obviously, to a monarch of 70 years. What are your reflections on the late Queen Elizabeth II? Um, you're, you're absolutely right. It is a day of mixed emotions. I mean, it's been, um, it's been a very sad few days for me, and um, I know my friends and colleagues as well. Um, I was sat in the House of Commons when you could tell something wasn't quite right when um, uh, someone from the Speaker's office came in to speak to the Prime Minister and the Leader of the Opposition and then the um, the press gallery emptied and then refilled again so you could tell something wasn't right and um, when of course we heard the announcement from Buckingham Palace um, it was a little bit of a surprise in itself given that our new Prime Minister had only been to see the Queen only recently, well, you know, just 48 hours before. But yes, I, I, I'm, I can't tell you how personally sad I am. I went to, um, I actually rang the bells in Sherborne Abbey with the ringers this morning. Um, the first time I've ever rung fully muffled. Um, and I suspect a lot of my uh, fellow ringers will have, uh, um, uh, would say the same. Um, but of course, you know, today is... Uh, uh, proclamation here in Dorset of our new king. So you're quite right to say it's a, a mixture of emotions. I mean, there's part of me that thinks, goodness, this is all too quick. This shouldn't be happening uh, be- because, of course, you know, the, being so sad about our late queen. But of course, the reality is that the the crown doesn't get suspended. The crown continues. The monarch continues. And that that very moment that the Queen died, Prince Charles became King Charles III. You've obviously met the, the Prince of Wales as he was in various Indeed. capacities. Yes. What do you think his style is going to be much different? He's, he's sort of signalled that it's going to be business as usual and he's dedicated himself the rest of his life to service of the nation. Do you think his style will be much different from his mother's? Um, I think King Charles will continue in the spirit of his mother, the late Queen Elizabeth, um, but will add his own personal touch to it. Uh, You're quite right um, in that I uh, met King Charles when, of course, he was Prince of Wales and when he was Duke of Cornwall, um, when he came to visit us here in Dorchester only a few months ago. Um, Of course, the the title of the Duke of Cornwall um, now goes to Prince William. Um, So I'm hopeful that we'll see Prince William here in West Dorset um, a little bit more. But no, I think King Charles, um, I have to say I was very impressed by his address to the nation, which was broadcast live in the House of Commons, and I watched it from my seat in the House of Commons. I was very moved by it. I thought he summed up the feeling of the nation wonderfully, Um, in 10 minutes. I don't know how he managed it, but I thought he did wonderfully. And I think that speech was a a sign of what we are to expect um, of a king who is very um, grounded, very um, unwavering. I think he will be a a new constant for us. I mean, that's one of the things I found so difficult in the last few days. You know, I'm 41 years of age. uh, the Queen, of course, has been on the throne for 70 years. I've only ever known Queen Elizabeth as our monarch. Um, but I think that sort of fairly rapid signal from our new king that he is looking to be um, our new constant uh, and, our, you know, the, 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 the new sort of like captain of the ship, if you like, I think is um, it's very good and it's been very reassuring. Chris, we'll let you get on to your next engagement. Thank you very much for talking to us. It's a pleasure, Terry, as always. Thank you.
And that was it. The crowd, reminiscent of guests at a wedding reception who'd gathered to greet the arrival of the bride and groom, quickly dispersed. The attending police officers packed up, and the more customary tranquillity of the setting once again descended. So, what of it all? Some might regard it as futile, pointless even. Others may be more charitable, whilst acknowledging that such antics serve nothing other than a symbolic purpose in modern society. Those arguments could, of course, be levelled against much of the pomp and ceremony that surrounds the monarchy and great state occasions. But there seems to be little appetite for ditching any of that. And after all, how often do we get a new sovereign? My thanks to Terry Bennett there for a great report from Dorchester. We'll now move on to the proclamation in Pageant Gardens, Sherborne, which started at three o'clock on Sunday, just gone, and was conducted by the Mayor, Juliet Pentolfi. May I welcome everyone to Pageant Gardens this afternoon. We come together this afternoon following the passing of our late Sovereign, Queen Elizabeth II. Our sadness at this time is shared by people across the globe as we remember with affection and gratitude the lifetime of service given by our longest reigning monarch. But the basis on which our monarchy is built has ensured that through the centuries the crown has passed in an unbroken line of succession. Today's ceremony marks the formal proclamation to the people of Sherborne and the beginning of our new king's reign. Yesterday, the Accession Council met at St. James's Palace to proclaim the new sovereign with the following statement. Whereas it has pleased almighty God to call to his mercy our late sovereign, Lady Queen Elizabeth II, of blessed and glorious memory, by whose decease the crown of the United Kingdom of Britain and Northern Ireland is solely and rightfully to come to the Prince Charles Philip Arthur George. We therefore, the Lord spiritual and temporal of this realm and members of the House of Commons, together with other members of Her Late Majesty's Privacy, Privy Council and representatives of the realms and territories, aldermen and citizens of London and others, do now hereby, with one voice and consent of tongue and heart, publish and proclaim that the Prince Charles Philip Arthur George is now by the death of our late sovereign of happy memory, become our only lawful and rightful liege lord Charles III. By the grace of God of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland and of his other realms and territories, King, head of the Commonwealth, defender of the faith, to whom we do acknowledge all faith and obedience with humble affection, 
beseeching God by whom kings and queens do reign to bless his majesty with long and happy years to reign over us. Given at St. James's Palace, this 10th day of September in the year of our Lord, 2022. The flags which had flown at half mast since the Queen's death were raised briefly to their full height to mark the start of His Majesty's reign yesterday. Books of condolences are available in both the Sherburn Abbey and the Town Council offices at the Manor House. Flowers can be laid in the Abbey Close outside Sherburn Abbey. God save the King. God save the King. The anthem will be played for us all to join in. <clears throat> this day be still as we pray gracious God we give thanks for the life of your servant Queen Elizabeth for her faith and her dedication to duty bless our nation as we mourn her death and may her example continue to inspire us through Jesus Christ our Lord amen, amen. and a prayer for his majesty the king Everlasting God, we pray for our new King, His Majesty King Charles III. Bless his reign and the life of our nation. Help us to work together so that truth and justice, harmony and fairness flourish among us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We observe a moment of silence in which we give thanks for Her Majesty the Queen, the memories that we have of her. And in that silence, we remember His Majesty the King, remembering that in his national figure that he is, he's also a grieving man. And we hold him and the royal family in our hearts and prayers, as they have their own personal grief at this moment in time. So let's be still as we have that moment of silence.
conclude the proclamations, we thank you all again for your attendance. The Town Council and Sherborne Abbey website and the social media channels will be refreshed throughout this period of mourning with any irrelevant information prior to the funeral of Her Late Majesty the Queen on Monday the 19th at 11 o'clock. So a final prayer of blessing. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son Jesus Christ our Lord. And may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you and all those whom you love this day and forevermore. Before the event began, I was chatting to Chris Loder, the MP for West Dorset, and I asked him if he had to go to these all over West Dorset. But in fact, he clarified for me that he had to go to the major town in his area and the town in which he lived, which is why he was at both Dorchester and Sherborne. I then spoke to Steve Shield, our our town clerk for Sherborne. I'm with Steve Shield here from Sherborne Town Council. Uh, we've just listened to the proclamation of the accession of King Charles III. And Steve, I was wondering if you could tell us a bit about what the council's been busy doing in the run-up to this event? Of course, very much since the uh, the very sad announcement of of Queen Elizabeth II. uh, Effectively, our first um, appearance has been to uh, represent and attend a service at Sherbourne Abbey on Friday evening in in remembrance of Queen Elizabeth. Um, Straight afterwards, really, it's been pulling together the local proclamation. Uh, which obviously today has been delivered by Councillor Juliet Pentolfi, Mayor of, Mayor of Sherborne. Uh, the proclamation itself was a mixture of national content and localised content. Um, we've chosen pageant gardens today because we felt, obviously with the great weather conditions, yes. um, having members of the public out and obviously the various dignitaries that have invited has been a, a fantastic experience. Uh, slightly against protocol in terms of it should have been potentially at the Manor House, but obviously this, is, yeah, this, this has been, this has been this a lovely, lovely occasion. Oh yes, so it, it made it very uh, yeah. And special. And, yeah, and we're very grateful for, for all of those that have, have, have attended this afternoon. Uh, for us now moving forward really obviously it's to, uh, represented the service on the eve of, of, of the funeral yes. uh, and, and, and obviously any other further information will be made available on the website and social media channels, uh, any public activities and potentially a two minute silence to be, to be announced uh, yes. shortly. That's lovely, thank you very that's the end of this special episode of Sherborne Voices podcast with me Sue Hill. I hope that this episode will be appreciated by those who would have liked to have attended the proclamation but weren't able to or indeed those who didn't know it was happening. I did see quite a lot of correspondence about that on social media. Hopefully it has brought a little bit of the events surrounding the death of the late Queen and the accession of King Charles III to local listeners. I'll be back next week with a more usual episode of Sherborne Voices podcast, I hope. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening. Look after yourselves 
and stay safe. Bye for now.